This is Raza Femme in 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana. A big thank you to Zingisachiro alongside Wandile Mazibugo for taking care of business for us. Good evening and welcome to Rise Fame in 60 Minutes. I am Zimki Tashongwe in for Umusas Kosana. Now coming up on tonight's show, we speak to National Treasury about simplifying the process of doing business with government through public procurement and we zone in on the Central Suppliers Database and e-tendering. Now if you have any questions or comments about this, you can send them through to our WhatsApp line which is 072 8857702072885702 or you can tweet us on @risefm943 good evening where the facts and opinions build the discourse risefm in 60 minutes with musas kosana now government introduced the central supplier dis- database to reduce the cost of doing business with government suppliers. All administrative compliance requirements are housed in the system and suppliers are responsible for maintaining their profiles. This evening, I'm joined by the Chief Director, Rahadi Mutzeto, and she is on the line with us this evening. Good evening, Rahadi, and welcome to Rise of Fame in 60 Minutes. Thank you so much. Good evening and good evening to the people of Mpumalanga. Now, Rahadi, before we go any further with this conversation, what is the Central Supplier Database? Um, the Central Supplier Database, um, I think last week I explained the relevance of the information from, from the SONA. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2015, um, from the SONA, we were tasked to find ways of, of reducing costs of doing business with government mm-hmm. for suppliers, meaning reducing the cost of photocopying, loss of time, sending in queues to certify documents and traveling to different institutions to deliver um, these documents just for one RFQ. So to reduce um, the cost of doing business, we introduced the central supplier database to centralize all generic or common administrative requirements that are used or applicable across government. So all the administrative requirements referred to um, are those like your ID numbers that are verified electronically when you interface with home affairs, Mm-hmm. The tax status is fast. You don't have to give us the tax clearance anymore. Um, we can use your PIN to verify if the system um, is no longer, it's not giving us a positive reading. And then we verify your banking account mm-hmm. as well um, through what we call Bank Save. And then we also introduced um, the e tenders portal where the majority of the competitive tenders are advertised and uploaded together with the tender documents so that suppliers, if they are interested in submitting or competing for a particular tender, they can just download the documents and submit um, using only their CST number, not any other information like your ID and um, all other documents that were required. And again, they don't even have to go and buy uh, newspapers anymore mm-hmm. to look for tenders. They can just go into the e-tenders portal. That, that's how... Um, the e-tenders as well as the CSC came about in 2015. Mm-hmm. Now, Rahadi, how do people go about with the registration of this whole process of the CSD? Um, the registration for the CSD is free. Um, I know there are so, um, other, other people who are advertising their services online that they are experts in, in registering mm-hmm. suppliers for the CSD. Um, for one to be an expert, you have to be trained and have a certification for that. And we haven't trained any any public member to do the registration for anybody. Um, so suppliers are expected 
to do their own registration online. What they need to do before they register is to go onto the CSE site and check under the, the frequently asked questions. What mm-hmm. are the um, documents that are going to be required? They need a cell phone. They need an email. They're going to need the ID uh, as well as their company registration and their banking details. And immediately um, they are done with their registration. What they always forget to do is to click the submit button just to make sure they give the system permission mm-hmm. to start verifying the information. And then immediately when the information is submitted, then at the end of the registration, they will have a permanent um, MAAA number. And that means that they, they are fully registered and then the other verification will still go on um, in the background. But the MAAA number confirms that you have filled in all the fields all the information that is required for you to be on the CSC. Mm-hmm. If you've just joined us, you are listening to Rise of Fame in 60 Minutes, and I'm in conversation with the National Treasury's Rakhari Muzeto, speaking to us this evening about the simplifying of the process of doing business with government, and this evening we are looking at the Central Supplier Database. Now, Rakhari, what categories of suppliers should register on the CSD? It's all suppliers, it doesn't matter. As long as they have a company number, they have their bank account, they have their ID number, the South African ID, mm-hmm. and then they have their home address, they have the email and the, and the cell phone number, they can do the registration. It doesn't matter what services they're in there. Oh, okay. So now when it comes to, to, to the, the, the using of um, the, the CSD, is there a limit when it comes to the number of users per supplier? Um, suppliers tend to register a lot of commodities. We don't restrict them because mm-hmm. um, um, some they are doing different different services and different commodities. But the challenge is that when they do, they, they tend to expose themselves to what we call the RFQ scams. Because if you register too many commodities, you tend to forget which ones you have registered for. So when you get an email that looks like it comes from government, you tend to be responsive to that. So might just be saying, remember what you have registered for. Try and stay in a particular sector for you to be able to remember what is happening or even know what is happening in that sector. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to think that we want to limit them. They believe that the more you register too many commodities, the more you spend an opportunity of getting an, um, an RFQ request, which is a risk, of course, because once you have too many commodities, you tend to forget which ones have you registered for, which ones mm-hmm. you didn't register for. So it puts them at a risk as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the, the advantages and the disadvantages of the CSD and e-tendering? Um, it it cuts a lot of um, paperwork. It cuts a lot of costs for them mm-hmm. because once they are on the central supply database and their services can be um, provided nationally, um, for instance, if somebody is an engineer, um, has an engineering company, and they can do business because they don't have to move the office to, to another province. They can do um, that across the entire country. Mm-hmm. If we are in housing, we're looking for engineers, maybe in a category of, of, of young people, then that particular company is going to show up. They spend a chance um, of doing business in any other province. Even on the e-tenders portal, they can look for opportunities across across the country because they can move themselves. They are the only asset maybe of that particular company. They can move and go and render an service in another province or render an engineering um, company 
uh, mm-hmm. service in, in another province. So it it gives them um, a, a volume or a bigger scale of opportunities across the country. They don't have to stay in one municipality or one province. They are accessible by all institutions of government across the country. Mm-hmm. And if you've just joined us, you are listening to Rise of Fame in 60 Minutes. And I'm in conversation with the National Treasury's Rahadi Mutseto, speaking to us this evening about simplifying the process of doing business with government. And this evening we are zoning into the Central Supply Database. Now, Rahadi, while we're still on trying to familiarize ourselves with this um, database, how can people check their CSD status? Um, they have the profile because if they, when, they, when they register, they create a profile like your login details when you go onto your social media account. You'll have um, your login name, you'll have your, your password. So they can do that as frequent as they can, especially when they, they, they want to change certain um, information on their profile. So they are responsible for their own profile technically because where we are sitting, we are not going to change um, the information without them giving us permission to change the information. Usually when that changes, they have to get a PIN code that they will read out to an official of government if they are on a telephone call. Otherwise, they can do walk-ins into any government institution for them to be helped with the registration or changing um, certain, certain commodities maybe or bank accounts. Um, on the system and also they must be mindful that when you change your bank account and you don't submit the information by clicking the submit button mm-hmm. it will not be verified and then you will come back later on and you realize that your banking um, account is not verified, it's still in a red form. So they need to click that information, submit button to make sure that it goes through the bank self to that particular um, uh, bank bank, and then verify the information, then they will be compliant on the system. Otherwise, um, we don't get into their profiles unless mm-hmm. we're looking for suppliers. And if we are pointing, that's when we are going to draw their report from, from the system. Mm-hmm. Rahari, let's take this short break. We will be back and you can still send your WhatsApps to 072-885-7702. You are listening to Rise FM in 60 Minutes. Where the facts and opinions build the discourse. Rosa in 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana. It is 16 minutes, or rather 15 minutes to 8 on Rise FM and 60 minutes with Zimki Tashongwe in for Umusas Kosada. And we seem to have a bit of WhatsApps from our listeners. Let's have a listen to what they have to say. Suppliers, database, and vendor registration. And why can't they be merged into one? Well, the CSD uh, system and e-tendering, uh, where you're not, e-yan-la-da. 
kukuti zindozo ba ube kuketwa bantu besaza anaba ketane nizobo zaabo o ne family members i think ingata kundu yoba ezo zindo ezo zinge nzeiki however kuko i i think the system itself i call user friendly and njeni nga call user friendly nje ikwazi ngabina amla ukuba nobama uloge on okanye ucheke ndo ukuba ngezi pitenda zezi ishu ishuweyo because um, upelela u applier the next thing uh, i application yako inga yindao and uh, apparently kia banyabandu basa kwa zibono bama basa mite tenders okanye basa ba apply for rama tenders uh, benga apply nga online uh, kota baya kwa uzifumane zo tenders so uh, and yaz kinu babu bandu abonga banda ba special bona o kwenze gani mara i system yona ay yingedi ngolo shobo and uh, i think also nabanya bandu baya ba kebacho batindu bandu system i koni fraud i yenze kayo somehow um but ewe i nanti ibona ngolo shobo kodwa ke I think it can be bettered. I think inga improve um, online and babone babenza njani na. Rahadi, were you able to get those those voice notes that came in? Nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, okay. Um, the first one asked, what is the difference between the central supplier database and the vendor registration? Okay. Uh-huh. The second one? And then the second one was talking about how people have um, submitted um, or have registered on the CSD, but now the problem is that they don't get any feedback on anything and that those who who are not on the CSD somehow are still able to get tenders, yet they are on the CSD, but they don't get any um, any jobs or anything like that. Okay. All right. Um, okay, let me start with this one on the CSD and the vendor registration. Mm-hmm. Um, the CSD is, is for all suppliers, right? And if you if you go to, to other institutions, um, like in the private sector, they would use the word um, vendor registration, um, maybe because some, some of them are not even on uh, using the CSD because I know uh, most um, suppliers tend to think um, institutions like or Safford and them, they are their government, but they use um, the terminology differently as in vendor registration. But what they usually um, use the registration for, if at all, is a, is a government institution and they still ask you to register again. Mm-hmm. It's because they want to put you on the payment system because some of their payment system are not interfacing with the CSC. Yes, they will get your bank verification, but they still need you to register again mm-hmm. on, on, on the payment um, system so that when you get an RFQ or, or you have a tender, you want a tender, you're in that service, they can pay you from the payment system. So it's just the terminology in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the, the other one is um, on, on whether they, they are going to get um, opportunities or not. Especially when, when you, when you um, participate in what we call competitive bid that we'll talk about in, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. is that you can apply for any tender. Nobody can tell you that you can apply for a particular tender if you are meeting the requirements. Right? Mm-hmm. And and the challenge that we have right now is, is the number of, of, of clients that we have on the CSD. On the CSD currently, we're sitting with um, 
one million uh three thousand I think nine hundred and eighty something. Mm-hmm. Um, suppliers that have the MAAA numbers that are fully registered, right? Mm-hmm. And from there, in Pumalanga, we have 112,000, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just rounding it off, suppliers for the whole of Pumalanga that have MAAA numbers. And nationally, from that 1 million um, odd uh, number of suppliers, you have to subtract um, 48% of it, right? You take it off because 48% of those are not compliant on on on, on tax. So mm-hmm. meaning that if your tax is not your tax status is non-compliant, we can't do business with you. Meaning that we left with something like less than um, 40 percent, uh, 40 47 percent, because the other suppliers on on the system they haven't completed their their registration. Mm-hmm. So we are limited in terms of suppliers because if you are in Pumalanga and you have 112, and then you have to start Take a particular percentage of suppliers from the 112, um, you are left with a lesser number, mm-hmm. um, mainly because they are not tax compliant. So the selection becomes a little bit problematic um, because suppliers don't check their tax statuses. And I'm saying that if your tax status is not compliant, we are not even going to engage you on any RFQ or any tender. So once the, the thing is, once you submit your tender, or your RFQ, right, and you are compliant at the time. And then before we award you that RFQ, we still have to check if your tax status hasn't changed. If it mm-hmm. has changed, we still give you seven days to go and sort out that tax status. If you don't come back, we're going to exclude you, right? Mm-hmm. So with the RFQ, the reason why it takes longer for suppliers to get opportunities is it, that you, you have a lot of suppliers who are sitting in the commodities that are easily available, right? For mm-hmm. instance, now if you drive through through the through the city, at every robot you find, um, I'll say a vendor now, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are selling masks, right? So everybody's selling masks. Who mm-hmm. do you pick, right? So when you when you put on 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 the CSD selecting suppliers that can supply, let's say, with paper, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a huge number of suppliers who can do that. Mm-hmm. Then you have to narrow it down and say, look, I'm looking for the ones who are in this particular area because you want the paper as soon as you can. Right? You exclude the other ones who are far. You take the ones who are closer. So the more the, the suppliers are sitting under one commodity that is easily available, the longer it's going to take for them to, to get that opportunity. Although on the system what we have done, because suppliers are complaining that we must rotate. The challenge is that if you are going to rotate the same way, the, 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 same, the way we used to do it on, on, on individual systems, mm-hmm. it means you're taking all the suppliers under the commodity of, of, of paper across the country. You put them in one, 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 one um, uh, center, centralized point. You, you, take, you, you rotate all of them. And, and that doesn't make sense. So what we have done is that we went to the system and said, let's just randomize them the selection of supplier, right? So if mm-hmm. you look for a supplier now for paper, next time when you go back as an institution, it's not going to give you the same suppliers that you used the last time. It's going to give you a new number of suppliers. Mm-hmm. The challenge is that if you are not compliant as a supplier, we are not going to transact with you. That is why we have a challenge. The more you are sitting under one 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 commodity as suppliers, the competition is very tight. It will take you longer. Um, to get an opportunity as compared to suppliers who are in high-value commodities where suppliers are, are supplying 
um, complex equipment like your syringes, uh, your face shields, your uh, biohazard bags. So there mm. you find few suppliers that we can use, whereas on, on the other side you find a huge amount of suppliers that are sitting in one commodity. In, in Pumalanga, 70% of these 112,000 um, are sitting in the townships as, as well as rural areas, and they are in the commodities of catering as well as cleaning services. Mm-hmm. So it becomes very, very difficult to really, um, you know, reduce the competition in those commodities. So it will take them longer, for as long as they are in commodities that are easily available. Mm-hmm. Now, Rahadi, when you touch on that, my, 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 my question is then that many a times we find ourselves where we see one company um, over and over getting this um, specific tender with different departments. How then is it, how, how does um, National Treasury plan to maybe rotate in that sense? Is it something that is at a national level or is it a provincial issue? It's, it's not, it's not a national issue. It's a, it's a supplier issue mm-hmm. and it's all a specification issue. Um, and I think I touched on it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't apply for a tender, you're not going to be considered for a tender. Right. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if, if at all the tender comes out and they want, they are asking for certain requirements and you don't have them, you cannot blame somebody who has those, those, those who meet those requirements. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's like competing for a job. It, it's the same as competing for a job. They will tell you, um, we're looking for this much experience. We're looking for these qualifications. We're looking for um, expertise in this and that and that and that. And the selection criteria will continue and then thereafter they will call um, the few that have been shortlisted to go and present themselves and engage on the areas that are critical for that particular position mm-hmm. and then they will appoint one, right? The same person can stay in that job maybe for two, three years and then they advertise a similar position somewhere that pays more and the person applies there. Are we saying then the person shouldn't be considered because they meet the requirements elsewhere? Mm-hmm. We can't say that. Mm-hmm. You know, because certain 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 um, um, suppliers, what they do, they keep abreast of what is happening in the industry, and they go and attend what we call supplier days just to check what is it that has changed within government, what is it that is expected of us as as government. Even now, as 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 as, as, cons- as consumers, we tend to approach our buying differently because everything has changed. The petrol has gone up. We tend to buy. Um, uh, things that we can afford and try and stretch our rent. The mm-hmm. same applies with, with these suppliers. They go and look at the best way they can present present their services or commodities. And some still want to do things the same way they have been doing them, at, you know, prior to, to, to 20, 2019 before the pandemic. And that tends to be a disadvantage on their part. And also, um, as as institution, what we 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 have what we call a process, what we call um. Uh, request for information just for us mm-hmm. to make sure that whatever we are going to procure is in line with industry requirements. We issue what we call requests for information to make sure that we are aligned with the development um, in that industry so that when we issue um, our, our tenders or RFQs, we comply with the regulations in that, in that industry and then we, we have the suppliers that are there because it doesn't help to say you want a supplier that has 49 years experience, you are excluding suppliers that are supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Does it mean if they have 49 years, then they are better with somebody who comes in with a new uh, technology that can really cut the cost for you in, in, in terms of um, running a business? 
then then you have to check in the system uh, with the industry that is it necessary for the person to have 49 years for them to be equipped to do one, two, three, four. If they say no, uh, you only need three years. Then when you issue a RFQ or your tender, then you say minimum three years. And then you can say if you have additional one, two, three, four, it's an advantage, you give the points for that. Mm-hmm. So for one to say that a particular supplier keeps getting the tender, it's a bit unfair for that particular supplier because I'm definitely sure that they are doing their best to make sure that their business stays afloat mm-hmm. and their business stays um, compliant to make sure that the clients are happy as well. Mm-hmm. And if you've just joined us, you are listening to Raza FM in 60 Minutes. I am in conversation with the National Treasury's Rahadi Mutseto, and she's speaking to us this evening about simplifying the process of doing business with government. And tonight we are zoning into the central supplier database. Now, Rahadi, the voice note that came in also um, had okay. asked um, the difference between the central supplier database and the vendor registration. Um, that is the one that I to earlier that mm-hmm. um, um, it, it's just an issue of terminology in, in mm-hmm. terms of different institutions. Usually in the, in the, in the SOEs, they will say vendor registration, but they use the CSD as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, an additional requirement or registration will be on the payment system, or maybe uh, they have supplier development, they would, they would ask them to register for um, as vendors for supplier development just to take them through a particular process to make sure that if they get to a point where they require um, certain suppliers, they have those that they have developed and they can use in their system. Mm-hmm. Now, Rahadi, at this point, how many suppliers can government transact with across the country and what is the impact thereof of the objectives of government through public procurement? Um, we have uh, just over 1 million, it's 1 million 300, uh, 3,000. Mm-hmm. Just, let me say 1 million 4,000. Um, that's the number that we have that have the, the, the CSD number. And, and, and in Gumalanga, it's 112,000 that we have that have the MAAA number that are fully registered. Mm-hmm. The other ones, they are still dormant on the system because they didn't complete um, their registration. But the challenge is that from that 1 million, um, 4,000, 4, 4, we can only transact with, with less than 47% of those because um, the majority of them are not uh, tax compliant and we can't transact with suppliers who are not tax compliant. Mm-hmm. Now, you have just answered this one, but I'll ask it again. Suppliers feel that they remain on the CSD and never received a request to quote. Has the government maybe done anything to improve on this? We have. Um, what, what we have done is to make sure that um, especially on the RSQ side, we have built in a functionality um, to to randomly select suppliers um, for the commodities that, that we, we're looking for. And also suppliers should be um, mindful of, of the, ever, the changing environment. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, now we are working from home. Um, all our meetings are online. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a supplier to say that I'm in catering and, and I'm not getting business, it's just unrealistic because who are we catering for when we are sitting online? Um, everybody's at home, and then we're doing our meetings on on, on the digital platform. Mm-hmm. So they need to 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 realize that um, the changing environment tends to impact on on their business as well. And even those who are in the supply of stationery, we, we hope we don't print anymore. We we sign online. We, we do a lot of things online. So those particular commodities are going to be affected, um, and also even the, the cleaning services because you don't require a lot of 
um, support in terms of cleaning the offices because we hardly in the office. We go maybe two days a week and we mm-hmm. alternate. So they don't have a huge number of officials that they need to service um, in that particular building. So the number of, of labor that will be required by the cleaning service schools is going to be lesser. Mm-hmm. Rahari, let's take this short break and we will be back and you can still send your WhatsApps to 072-885-7702 You are listening to Rise FM in 60 Minutes You're listening to Rise FM Tying the opinions into a single narrative Rise FM in 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana It's gone three minutes after eight and you are on Rise FM in 60 minutes with Zimki Tashongwe in for Umusas Kosana and I'm in conversation with the National Treasury. Now, Rakhadi, we've just received a WhatsApp and it says, as, a bus- as business people registered with the database, we get a lot of fraudulent requests to quote, how do we stop this? This is from Usubusiso in Ganyamazan. Um, how do we stop it? I, I wish I wish we could stop it because I received some as well, although I don't have a business. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue is, is the concern. The, th- the thing is that we have picked up is that where, where do you leave your information? Um, if you go and engage on, on different platforms or, or sessions or workshops or conferences and you leave your information, some people um, take that information and use it for, for whatever they want to use it with later on because information is, is money. Um, mm-hmm. If it wasn't, um, you wouldn't have um, big companies held at ransom for, for, for data that has been stolen. So um, for them to to, to um, deal with this scam, um, that tends to rise at a particular time when government is uh, winding down. Like now we're heading for Easter. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a huge amount of, of scams going up. Firstly, it is that um, these are high-value commodities um, that if, if um, I think next week or the other week we're going to talk about the method of procurement where we have transversal contracts. Mm-hmm. These are very complex commodities where they're very expensive and are very, very complex that if you have to buy one, you have to spend something like 500000 to buy just one equipment or one machine. Mm-hmm. Right. So suppliers tend to register too many commodities and they forget what they have registered for. So with these commodities, um, they need to remember what they have registered for. And if at all, they don't know... Um, uh, this particular commodity that they have been asked to quote on, they shouldn't even bother to quote on on, on that 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 RSQ. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, 
they, they need to know within government who is going to, who is supposed to be buying or, or procuring from them um, their services or commodities. But if you are in the agricultural sector, you will know that you only deal with, with your forestry as well as agriculture and maybe health to some extent if you're mm-hmm. doing chemicals. So they need to understand which institutions are going to be talking to them. But with these scammers, they're now smarter. And also you, on, on the e-tender side, for them to deal with those scams, they can go to the e-tender side and just check those departments and ask those departments um, because the contact details are there and check whether that particular RFQ is, 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 is legit or not. Um, but we don't, uh, with, this, with, this RF, with this fake RFQs, Firstly, we don't ask you as, as a supplier um, to go and buy or procure or supply a particular brand of commodities. We expect you to know this industry that you are in. We just tell you this is what we need. Uh, where you source it, it's up to you. We don't tell you go to this particular um, company to source it. Mm-hmm. And then we don't ask you to even pay money um, to the supplier and and as the supplier to ship it to wherever. So firstly, we don't provide the budget for, for that particular commodity that we want to buy. Usually mm-hmm. they will tell you we have a budget um, of this much for this, and this is the brand that we're looking for. And also they'll provide you with a picture of, of that particular commodity that they are looking for. And you might find that those commodities already are in what we call the transversal contract, which is another method of procurement. So they need to be very, very... Um, knowledgeable um, about the industries or sectors that they're transacting in mm-hmm. so that they can tell whether this, this is accurate or not. And that is why we're doing this campaign for suppliers to understand how we do business as government. We don't tell you where to buy what we need because if we know where to buy it, we'll just go there and buy it there. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't give you a picture. You should know if we're talking about a thermometer or a, hand, a handheld thermometer or scanner, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? Then you can go and look at the specifications, only that it should be this size, it should be uh, able to scan this, now. the battery uh, life should be, should be this long. So those are the specifications that we only give, will give to suppliers. They will go and source it for themselves wherever they want to and then provide a quotation. But we never provide the budget as well as the picture. Mm-hmm. And also they must look at the email uh, domain as well just to make sure they are familiar with it as well. Mm-hmm. And if you've just joined us, you are listening to Rise FM in 60 Minutes, and I'm in conversation with the National Treasury's Rahadi Mutseto, speaking to us this evening about simplifying the process of doing business with government, and this evening we are zoning into the Central Supplier Database. Now, Aus Rahadi, uh, Mandla from Gapoweni is asking that bank verification is also a problem on CSD. Why does it take so long to verify business banking details? Um, the banking details take uh, four to five days. Um, that's what we said initially, mm-hmm. because it, it's something that happens um, between between the CSDs through a safety net. They call it a safety net to make sure that um, the data is not compromised. The one thing that happens with the verification, um, suppliers tend to uh, put in a different names of, of companies when they register on the CSD. They open a bank account with the original name of the company, and mm-hmm. then when they register on the CSC, they will use what they call trading airs. So when it goes to, to, to the banking side to verify, the names are totally different, then it gets rejected. And and if they don't go back to check what the problem is, then they, they'll sit with that problem of, of unverified bank accounts. So mm-hmm. it is important that they capture the information on the CSC side 
they captured it exactly as they have captured it on the banking side, right? Mm-hmm. Two, when they captured it on the CSD side as well, if they are going to leave spaces where the bank didn't leave spaces, the system was going to read that as a character. You know, if you leave a space, the system might think it's a two or a one or a, an A. Mm-hmm. So it's going to reject it. So don't leave spaces where the banking, the bank didn't leave spaces. Make sure that everything that you capture is a as actually as what you have submitted to the bank. Then click the submit button and mm-hmm. it will take four days. Don't change your banking details once you have an RFP because you are bound to have problems because you're going to capture the information as quick as you can and get it wrong. And by the time you're supposed to be paid, you're struggling with the bank verification. Mm-hmm. So they need to make sure that the, all the information that is on the banking side captured by the teller on the banking side is the same as what they are going to capture on the CSC side to make sure that within four days they have their, their, their bank account verified. Mm-hmm. Now, Rahadi, now that you just spoke of that, what type of mistakes then do you encounter made by suppliers when registering or maybe changing the information on the CSD? Firstly, it's a, it's, it's a company name um, that ten, don't tend to, to correspond with what they have registered for. Mm-hmm. And then you have your, your bank uh, verification that gets delayed because of that. And the second one is that they don't click the submit button to make sure that they give the system permission to start verifying the information that they have changed mm-hmm. or amended. They just uh, change the, the information and then they just close out and log out. Because if you don't submit that information on the system for verification, mm-hmm. the system will just keep it as it is until you come back to click the submit button so that you give it permission to start verifying. Second thing is, please, 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 let me beg in the supplier, mm-hmm. stop asking people to register for you. Mm-hmm. The CSC is a free service for you so that you don't spend money on, on, on being on the system. It's a free service. If you have a challenge with the registration, just approach any of the provincial treasuries or any government institution because we have CSC officials who can help you out. You mm-hmm. don't have to pay anything for the service. It's a free service. Once you are done, if you do it correctly, immediately when you log out, you will have your MAAA number to me to confirm that you have submitted all the information that is required, but you will still go through verification. So they need to be very, very careful. And the third, the last one is that the tax compliance. It changes every day. Mm-hmm. It changes every day. And it's not the CSD. The CSD houses the information that starts keeps on their main information. So what you see reflected on the CSD is mm-hmm. what SARS has and what Home Affairs has. It's what your your um, company registration reflects. Mm-hmm. So if your um, tax status changes um, in a day or two, you still have to go to start to check what the issue is. You still have your PIN number that you can log online with, with, with start and check what the challenge is. Because sometimes you find that you are supposed to pay a particular amount, which is uh, maybe 10 rent. And then that system counted as, as a debt and then kicks you out as non-compliant. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you keep your, your status, um, your compliance as, 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 as positive as possible. If the system, especially the tax one, because it's the one that tends to change frequently, they need to be mindful of that and make sure that they, they really correct it with SARS before um, they, they get an RFQ or even submit for any tender. Mm-hmm. Now, Rahadi, we seem to have a voice note. Um, um, can we please just have a listen and then we'll get back to the questions. All right. 
tying the opinions into a single narrative. Rather than in 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana. Hi, Zankita. Could you please ask the Chief Director what it means when businesses are partially registered on the CSD? The question, Rahadi, that we have just received is asking what it means um, when a business says it is partially registered on the system. If it's partially registered, meaning that you didn't complete the whole registration, mm-hmm. you're going to end up with what we call an RA number as a reference number. Mm-hmm. So if you get an RA number, uh, the, the number will start with the letters RA. It means that your, 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 your registration is not complete, so you have a temporary um, CSD number. But if you have um, captured everything and submitted everything for verification, once you're done, mm-hmm. you get your NQA number immediately. But if you're still sitting with, with, your, with your RA number, then it simply means that you're partially registered. So uh, you still have to go back and complete your registration. Mm-hmm. Now, a message, a WhatsApp message from U Almond in Whitbank says, Tina, as it told my request for quotes, Yindaba. <laughs> I, it would be very helpful if I knew what, what commodities is registered for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then now, I'll be able to answer the question accurately. Yes, yes. Now, Rahali, you spoke about tax compliance. For those maybe who are not clear, what does tax compliance mean and what do companies that are not tax compliant have to do in order for their CSD to be up to date? I remember the tax compliance, it's the first issue, Mm -hmm. right? So when they register on on the system, they put in their tax number, right? Mm -hmm. Then the system will go and and check with us whether the person is compliant and not using that reference number. Mm-hmm. If on the start side it says you are not compliant, that is what is going to be reflected on the CSP. Right? So if they realize that the tax data, because they're no longer issuing, like I said, um, tax clearance certificate that used to last for 12 months because um, they believe, they're saying that suppliers will, will have, uh, will pay and then spend the whole year uh, not paying SARS um, after issuing invoices and then they go with that tax um, clearance certificate doing mm-hmm. business with them and still owing SARS. So they, they've taken that out because we used to struggle as well with the, with the, with the uh, certificates because some of them used to be amended in such a way. You only realize after you have awarded the supplier um, a contract that but this particular tax clearance doesn't even belong to this company or it has expired in this year. They just changed the date. Mm-hmm. So what it means is that the tax data is that it, it, it tends to change every day. Mm-hmm. If at all you were sub- supposed to submit or pay SARS on this particular day, then you don't pay. Tomorrow it will be negative. So you have to go to SARS to send it out so that it gets reflected positively on the CSD side. Mm-hmm. Because on the CSD side, there isn't much we can do. Same as we can't change your ID number on, on the CSD side because the information that we're interfacing with is sitting with home affairs. And if you've just joined us, you are listening to Rise FM in 60 Minutes. I'm in conversation with the National Treasury's Rahadi Muzeto. She's speaking to us this evening about simplifying the process of doing business with government through public procurement. And this evening, we're looking at the central supplier database. Now, Rahadi, from the voice notes um, and the WhatsApp we've, we've been receiving, it seems as though people are getting frustrated with this database. I know I've asked this question before, but I think it's important for me to ask it again. What sort of measures um, do you think going forward or are being put in place right now to deal with these frustrations of the business owners? 
Um, the thing is, um, as in Kita, you know, the, the thing is, we, this, this, this is a competitive environment, mm-hmm. right? And if you want to compete, you have to send out and, and supply something that where we find a few, a few suppliers. You will realize that when you talk to, 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 um, uh, different methods of procurement, especially the transversal side, how many commodities are, are we procuring as government and on behalf of government, mm-hmm. right? Some, you have, um, um, before we, we needed the, the three prime masks, suppliers were, were doing everything that they were doing elsewhere. Then we, there was a demand for masks. Mm-hmm. All of them went to deliver to, to start making the three ply masks and face masks, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're sitting with a huge amount of stock because now we are, we are winding down in terms of the demand. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If the demand is high, you will find usually, um, Suppliers tend to flood that particular commodity, and the, com- the, the, the competition is going to be tight, mm-hmm. especially on the RSQ side. But there's still an option on, on the on the competition side in terms of, sorry, the whole tender system that is open to everybody. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for an RSQ if you feel, um, as a supplier, that you you are competent enough to deliver on a particular. Um, service that a tender has gone out, you, you can submit a tender and be evaluated like every supplier, mm-hmm. making sure that you meet all the requirements. So if there's 180,000 suppliers under facial masks and we're looking for two boxes, we're going mm-hmm. to use one supplier. Until those boxes are complete, we are not going to go back to that line item again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, but we buy what we need, we don't buy what is supplied. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We seem to have a WhatsApp um, voice note. Um, let's have a listen. Okay. Tying the opinions into a single narrative. Rather than in 60 minutes with Musa's Kosana. Um, hi, Zinkita. I'd just like to know what happens when the directors of the business are found to be government employees. Um, Rahadi? Mm-hmm. Yes, this. Oh, um, yeah, I think I think I have it. If, if suppliers are found to be government employees, yes, 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 yes. It, 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 it differs in terms of legislation. On, on the municipal side, there is room for that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on the on the PFMA side, depending on the institution, um, which law or piece of uh, law do they comply with, mm-hmm. right? And also on the PFMA side, before you do business elsewhere or run a side business, you still need to get permission in terms of the um, PPSAs and public uh, administration. You must get permission to run a side hustle. I will put it that way. But mm-hmm. once you, you when you when you want to do business with government and you are an employee of the state, what we have done on the CSD, we have loaded all the payrolls for all the institutions that are complying with the, with the PFMA. Mm-hmm. So that when we check on the system, it will indicate that this is an employee of the state, um, they are employee in the state. Even the ones who are on long-term contracts, they tend, they, they're getting, if they're paid on the payroll of government, mm-hmm. they will be reflected as employees of the state. As a result, we can do business with government for institutions that are complying with the PFME. But on the municipal side, there is a different process. And that's what we want to align especially uh, with the PFMA, to make sure that because you are sitting in government, you know what the opportunities like, mm-hmm. and then you tend to uh, think, uh, let me just participate, because that, that, that is the law. You can't say to somebody, you can't do it if the law doesn't um, prohibit them from doing that, but with the PFMA, you can't. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. already the payrolls are there. The system will verify with your ID that you are an employee of the state and then you can be disqualified. Mm-hmm. Now, Rakhadi, on that note, let's say the director of this business um, is bidding for, they're bidding for a tender that is in the Department of Health and this director is also employed by the Department of Health. Is this allowed even though um, the PFMA has not really been amended or is it allowed at this current moment or does that disqualify the person? It, it, it does pick it up and, and, and you, you can't. You can you can do business with them mm-hmm. because it's going to indicate that you're an employee of the state, and also even the auditor general will pick it up if at all we miss it on our side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now they will uh, pick it up, and it's going to be a human resource kind of disciplinary process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rakhadi, earlier on we touched on the scams that people fall victim to, and the Constitutional mm-hmm. Court um, Court um, had a case. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong about yeah. the suspension yeah. of preferential procurement. What is the status on that? Um, I, this is, let me put it this way. Uh, I'll, I'll try my best to explain it the best way I can, but I'm going to put a disclaimer mm-hmm. that I'm not a legal person. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. all government institutions have legal teams that can dissect this ruling and guide their respective institutions in terms of how to proceed. Mm-hmm. Uh, noting that the public comments uh, for the new regulations closed yesterday already, mm-hmm. and that is the preferential procurement regulation for 2022. So the ruling was made on the 16th of February, 2022. Mm-hmm. This relates to a matter that has been an ongoing uh, in court since 2018. It is between the Minister of Finance as a custodian of Section 217 of the Constitution that talks to public procurement. In this case, um, uh, with, with with a group called Afri Business. Right? Mm-hmm. The matter ended up in the Constitutional Court when the Minister of Finance appealed the, the Supreme Court ruling. Right. So the ruling of the Constitutional Court um, on the 16th of February, technically, it rendered the 2017 Preferential Procurement Regulations invalid but not unconstitutional, stating that the minister shouldn't have issued the regulation to that extent where they put in uh, elements of subcontracting and all those kinds of things. Because if you look at the Act, when you issue regulations, you have to align them to the Act because the Act is, it states that this is what the minister needs to do. Mm-hmm. So that is why the regulations, um, the new ones, are focusing on on the threshold amounts uh, to apply uh, what is prescribed in the preferential procurement and give effect to the 90, 20, and 20 point system. Um, those who are in the tender space will understand that. So whatever that is not included in the revised regulations that closed yesterday, mm-hmm. they have to be dealt uh, with by the organs of state in terms of the preferential act section two one where it says organs of state must um have their own policies uh for preference right mm-hmm. so all the subcontracting because with the new uh, regulation subcontracting as a condition of tender is excluded together with pre qualification and other um other elements uh, because those are the two main regulations uh four and nine that were a source of contest in court so institutions of government have to work on 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 their on, on their uh, preference uh, policies using the regulations where we are giving them the amounts that they they need to apply when they're using the point system for 8020 and 9010. Mm-hmm. I know certain um, suppliers will say, but the, the 8020 and 9010, they don't help us a lot. You cannot change the regulations if the act is still prescribing 8020 and 9010. You have to align it to the act, right? So after the ruling, 
uh, what the National Treasury did, um, they sought to clarify the implications of the ruling on procurement and issued what we call advisories on two occasions. So with those advisories, we're just saying to um, institutions of government, these are the implications of this ruling. We were not saying stop all procurement processes, as you read in most of the newspapers that Treasury mm-hmm. put the brakes on, on procurement, which is not the case. We are just saying this is where we are in terms of, of this particular ruling because much as all the organs of state have legal people um, on, on their payroll, uh, I don't know why they, they couldn't use them to interpret the, the constitutional court ruling, but we had to do it because of the uh, huge amount of emails that we are getting as, as well as calls that where do we stand because of this particular ruling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we advise the, the organs of state that as per the act, um, you can apply for exemption and from the act itself in order for you to implement um, procurement that can impact service delivery or it's in the public interest. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did by issuing those two communications, um, which are still available on, on, on our website. Now, organs of state still need to develop their own preferential policies using um, the thresholds that have been gazetted. Once they are promulgated, they can add them on and then use their preference as prescribed in the preferential act because it's not repealed. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we get to the procurement bill and it gets repealed, then we will talk another story. But now what it says is that we no longer have um, subcontracting, we no longer have pre-qualification unless okay, the state wants to include them. That is their own policy, it's not the treasurer's policy. Mm-hmm. Rahari, let's take this short break. We will be back. You can still send your WhatsApps to 072-885-7702. You are listening to Rise FM in 16 minutes. In touch with Mpumalanga. In touch with the world. This is Rise FM in 60 minutes with Musas Kosana. Staring. There's no limit to how far you can go in your career. You want to know why? Because when you learn like a boss, you earn like a boss. A study loan from Fundi makes it possible to take the big steps towards your career. Talk to Fundi for a study loan today and enable your success. Pay for tuition fees, outstanding balances, laptops, devices and even accommodation. What are you waiting for? Simply SMS OB Limpopo to 32150 and Fundi will call you back. T's and C's and SMS rates apply. This is Raza Femin 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana. It is 28 minutes after 7 and if you've just joined us, good evening. And this evening I'm in conversation with the National Treasury's Rahadi Muzeto speaking to us about this, about simplifying the process of doing business with government through public procurement. And this evening we are looking at central database um, systems. Now, Rahadi, how important is it for suppliers to remember that they need to pay for registering on the database, that they don't need to pay for registering on the database? Um, if, if you pay somebody, um, obviously you have to give them your, your personal details mm-hmm. and they are going to create a password that they will remember and they can still go back onto the system and, and change your your profile without you knowing it. Um, so you are compromising your information by mm-hmm. getting the third party that is authorized to, to work through that information with you. That is why we say 
uh, stop paying people who are calling themselves experts um, mm-hmm. in registering you on the CSP. It's a simple thing that you can do. Um, you just have to follow through in terms of look at the uh, frequently asked questions in terms of what are the uh, documents or information that I need for me to complete the whole registration so that when I'm done, I can get my MAAA number. And what is very, very key is that after every information that you have captured, when you get to the bottom of the page, mm-hmm. just make sure you click the submit button because the system will not move um, into verifying that information if you don't give it that permission by clicking that submit button. So it is important that they go, if they, they are struggling with the CSP, they can go to any institution of government to ask for help. We have officials who have been trained on the CSE to help um, suppliers to do that. Um, most of them have done them over the phone. They can use If they have Android, they can do it. Mm-hmm. If they have all the documents that are required, they can do it. And then before maybe less than 15 minutes, they are done. Then they get their MAAA number. Depending mm-hmm. on the commodities that they have registered, they can either wait for the LQ or they can look for tenders that are above 1 million because right now uh, we have revised our threshold. So when they see RFQs that are coming, and they are up to one million, they should be as, as alarmed because the thresholds are different now, especially on the PFMA compliant institutions, uh, whereas on, on the MFMA, the municipality side is still 200,000. Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't be as alarmed, but they still need to uh, approach this with caution uh, to make sure that they verify if they are in doubt. Because what we have done, we have attempted to, to activate um, the issuance of, of RFQs online. But the thing is, it goes to all government institutions. If you are registered for 50 commodities and you have 2,500 institutions that are looking for this community, let's say mm-hmm. uh, in Pumalanga, you have all institutions that are looking for paper and you registered for paper, you're going to get that, those RFQs from all of them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, suppliers tend to complain that we're getting a lot of RFQs via online, so we had to stop it because we were still piloting it. But we have to see how best we can use it um, going forward. And, and hopefully next week when we talk to uh, different methods of procurement, they will understand how this whole system can come full circle for mm-hmm. them to understand it, really take the opportunities as they come. Thank you so much, Rahadi, for the informative information that you've shared with us this evening. Thank you so much, Ma. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much. That was the National Treasury's Rahadi Mozeto speaking to us this evening about simplifying the process of doing business with government. And this evening we were looking at the central supplier database and e-tendering. Well, that's where we leave it on Rise FM in 60 Minutes with Zimki Tashong. We're in for Umusas Kosana. We will be back tomorrow, same time, between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m.